0: Listening, no, you're listening to the Buns.com Podcast Network.
1: <laughs> buns, Buns, Buns. I want to give you something real, but I don't know where to start. Darling, let's make a deal. I want to give you my heart. I would say anything for love. Hey, guys.
0: Welcome to ISO The Buns Podcast. So the interview this week is with fellow podcaster Cal Goodbaum. He is the host of a podcast called Supernatural Stories. If you guys are into uh, all things supernatural, occult, extraterrestrial, um, this is the show for you. Cal also... uh, Provides us with some stories of his own. But before we get to that, let's go to this week in Buns.
2: Action.
3: This week in Buns, we talk about the current trends that are happening on Buns. Things we're seeing a lot of. Uh, someone left an organ outside and we ain't talking about a lung. <laughs> <gasps> oh. No, we're, we're not talking oh, about right, a lung. Oh, right, right. Yeah. And then somebody... Wants you to be their drug mule. Uh oh, what's not that? not even close. But we will talk about that. Welcome to the Buns Podcast, ISO a Buns Podcast. I am Oren.
2: I'm Laura,
3: and we're here to tell you all about the going ons in Buns this week. We 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 scour all the zones, scour them, and, and we let you know exactly what's happening on and some of the best trades that are being up for grabs at the moment. Without further ado, you're going to tell us about some uh, amateur photos.
2: photographer. Um, might I just add that when you said drug mule, I was going to make like a like sound effect, but that's not what a mule sounds like. Well, a mule
3: is a is a horse and a donkey, right? Mixed as one. Yeah. And I think that's the male version is a different different term for the female version. Really? Yeah. We're not going to look it up. We're too lazy. You guys have Google, right? You guys
2: all know the inner workings of mules. (laughs) (laughs) Duh.
3: And of course, mules are, uh, are sterile, right? They can't reproduce. What? You didn't know that?
2: I don't know anything. I don't know anything. <laughs>
3: well, we'll uh, we'll get to the drug mule. Um, <laughs> but until then, tell us about this, uh, these, photog- these photographers. I
2: don't want to talk about it. I only want to talk about drug mules. Just kidding. Uh, Candy A. Warhol. So I don't know what she's trying to apply there. But she goes, photo bonds. I'm an amateur uh, hobby photographer. But I love to take photos, and I would love to take yours. So she's trying to take headshot-style photos um, that really showcase your personality. Um, she has posted some examples of her work, but she wants an IKEA or Home Depot gift—excuse me, or Home Depot gift card. So I'll holler at her if you're interested. So these are kind of really interesting uh, photos. Oren has opinions on them.
3: Yeah, they' are cool. Ah, <laughs> uh, is that is that all you wanted? What <laughs> my, my my mini take on it? Uh,
2: they're cool. Yeah, I mean,
3: she's doing lots of overlay, right? So like projected images onto things. Mm-hmm. And um, listen, I've been in this world for a very long time. Until, oh, right, you're a model. Yeah, and I've been on the on the backside as well. And so I know a lot about photography, and I I have a very specific eye for certain things. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna leave it there. She's gotten a lot of love on this, mm-hmm. and hopefully if, if she's really good and continues to improve her craft then she can get to a level where she's professional if that's what she wants because mm-hmm. she is on her way and she has a really cool style at least mm-hmm. um and we'll sort of see what ends up
2: yeah so 30 dollars if you got it to spare on a ikea home depot gift card although it's uh not a cash zone and we have many debates about of course but there
3: is obviously uh buns cash you know that that buns cryptocurrency oh, yeah
2: That you can trade
3: on the app. Yeah, so make sure you're onto that. And I mean, once again, just another step into eliminating cash and, you know. And recycling. And getting back. Getting back to the ethos of buns. Of buns. Of course. Let's try and repurpose what we got.
1: Exactly.
3: Our next story comes from Yves. This Frenchman. He says, uh, hey, hopsy loving buns. He got a four pack of beer, not his jam. Just wants to sell it off. And once again, this is a pretty innocuous um thing you just like a three pack of beer sure yeah but i think it speaks to a larger issue and large, not larger larger topic mm-hmm. um when you when you're drinking when i'm when you're okay. about to go up okay when you're about to go get Liddy,
2: okay yeah so Bob.
1: yeah
3: <laughs> you just <laughs> oh, when you're about to go up <laughs> yeah and get all litty and all that um when that's happening yeah um are you someone who like, do you stick with the same thing every time like do you go to the bar and say no oh i'm getting vodka sodas everyone Or do you kind of look at the menu and sort of see, is there something you may want to be more adventurous with? Because Mm -hmm. this dude took uh, the plunge and obviously did not like what he found. Took a chance. Uh, But, I mean, he also broadened his horizons a bit. So do you think that when when it comes to drinking, at least, do you think you're more adventurous or more conservative?
2: Um, I think that if I'm going out clubbing, I'm trying to get lit, Mm -hmm. there's no way I'm buying drinks at the bar. I'm getting fricked beforehand because I'm poor. But if I'm going out for drinks specifically to be like, oh, I'm meeting a friend for drinks, then that's a time when I'm more adventurous because I'm like, okay, I'm gonna spend some some dollars on this because this is what I'm doing. But I'm so mad if I go to a bar and I'm like, fuck, I need to buy more alcohol. But that never happens because bitches buy drinks for me, or Mm, I'm getting bottles, and that's the only way I'm going
3: out. I like getting bottles. I'm like, where's the sparkler thing that comes with the bottle? Yeah, mine didn't get one. Because you're an absolute, get off of me, <laughs> <But> a budget. <laughs> oh, so that's my take. That is your take. Uh, but you'll tell us a bit about these trends that we both sort of saw online this past week.
2: Trends, trends, trends. That's my intro for that. Okay. okay. Um, so everybody is <laughs> Herb alerting, alerting the curbs here, kids. Everybody's dumping their garbaggio on the sidewalk. Uh, but, but, <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: you said earlier, half <laughs> like put putting out their bullshit. Um, putting out their
2: bullshit on the sidewalk yeah, so that, that people can't walk. <laughs> And it's all your shit. But the curb
3: alert's cool because you said it's kind of tied to you know this time of year, right? Yep,
2: spring cleaning. We're here for spring cleaning. There's so many posted curb alerts of like this is all my garbaggio. Help me get rid of it. This one person, there's like there's a Wii and a GameCube in here somewhere. Don't message me about it. Ooh,
3: that's a I. That is so good. I a know GameCube
2: and a Wii. I mean, no one really cares about Wii's, right? No one does. Yeah. I had a Wii. Oh, gross. <laughs> You've we never only said anything
3: more disgusting on this podcast. Oh, I, o-
2: I am a Wii <laughs> owner. You
3: know what it is? It's for like anyone who ever gamed as a kid. Yeah, felt like the Wii was made for the every person. We're kind of felt like Nintendo and all those things were made for gamers. Yeah, and then some people get uptight. Like, ah, oh, you like Wii? It's like, nah, man. Wii was revolutionary. Mm-hmm. It was it was incredibly revolutionary. But How so? I mean, that was the first time they used like real. They really got a hold of motion technology. Really? Yeah, was, like, oh yeah, the tennis, Wii
2: tennis. Yeah. Um. Yeah.
3: And so, I mean, the games ultimately weren't the greatest, but the functionality and Nintendo's willingness to move the move the, you know, just kind push of push the envelope. Push the envelope. Yeah. With uh, Wii, w- it was amazing. <laughs> and so they've always been a good company like that with very innovative. So
2: interesting. Yeah. Who knew that the Wii pushed the envelope?
3: All of their consoles pushed the envelope. Oh,
2: wow. Okay. Anyway so curb alerting um, Spring cleaning is the theme And the trend of buns Um, There's something really interesting Someone brought up they live in an apartment With no curbs around to even alert people about And he's like what do I do Turns out there's a very very free market um, That's actually happening this Saturday So this is May 5th um, At Campbell Park This is pretty much in the junction By the junction triangle Eh, If you know what that is Basically, DuPont and Lansdowne. Um Just south is a beautiful Valley Village, should you choose to thrift afterwards. But um, it's this, this Friday, or this Saturday, rather, May 5th, from uh, 10 to 3. You can bring one big grocery bag, and that's it. But then after 3 p.m., fucking get anything oh, you want. Amazing. Anything you want.
3: Amazing.
2: Next one was patios. Yeah, another trend. It's oh. literally patios saison. Uh-huh. As the French was saying. As the French was say, of course.
3: Yeah, you, you speak French, right?
2: <laughs> I mean, yeah all right okay (laughs) uh but yeah patio
3: patio, there's lots of patio furniture up for grabs yeah it's kind of like listen if you are in the market for you know so So, mostly ikea stuff yeah um get the buns yeah you're gonna find something
2: literally people are looking for and supplying so it's a really great time if you own a balcony (laughs) you own a
3: balcony this is your time and so to follow what you're saying this next post is another curb alert but it's a cool curb alert it's someone put on an organ oh put on a DuPont a full ass organ it looks beautiful
2: like a piano organ
3: <laughs> not yes. a box yes. of kidneys yeah, that is true <laughs> also the value of a box of kidneys is it's it, insane it, it's, it's so crazy <laughs> you would not see that on buttons. no no I mean you couldn't you couldn't trade for it no it's amazing or could you? I mean, I don't know the laws in this yeah, country. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, could yeah, you? Who knows? But this organ looks beautiful, but somebody posted in the comments, they saw this as a curb alert earlier, and like 99% sure this got rehomed. Someone was like, yeah, the, I went through a phase. I'm, I'm no longer an, an organist, you know? Oh, they, no. They think it got we're put back on the curb, so it's an organ. I hope you find a home.
2: Yeah, hope, hope you, you, find you find a home, home. little organ. Yeah. Little organ, I hope you find love. Anyways. Uh, Anyways. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah i mean we are pulling for little organs (laughs) to find some love that that is not that is not not true
2: (laughs) (laughs) and it's not even little that thing's fucking massive (laughs) anyways okay hat wearing buns i got three hats up for trade zadara says and there's three hats here the most predominant one being the yeezy hat that says toronto it's orange it's hot but uh, this brings up an interesting issue. Someone in the comments says, everyone's trying to dump their Kanye stuff now. And I was like, dump their Kanye stuff. What? Kelka shows. Yeah. Y-
3: <laughs> y- y- yeah, it, it is. What does it mean, though? It, huh? What happened? Kelka shows. <laughs> what does it mean? <laughs> what is that? It's, it's like, yeah, it's like, which thing? <laughs> <laughs> Like, like, like yeah like yeah like <laughs> something yeah. oh my god ah uh, jeez <laughs> you are laughing way too hard at your uh, your French. all right we'll give her a second we'll edit this part out obviously as she loses her shit um to to give a bit of to give a bit of history on what's happening here uh, if you didn't know which you didn't know you've been living on a rock for the past week connie west is back tweeting has hey. now aligned himself with trump oh. has angered lots of fans Yikes. and um yeah, it's just kind of been crazy for the last little bit. Mm-hmm. He released a song called Easy Verse" or Yay Versus the People. It's a pretty good song with T.I. He explains a lot of his sort of actions. Uh, but I think the damage is sort of done. I think yeah. some of the things he's done were kind of, like, like reprehensible <laughs> just because of how, um... Oh, nickels. Just the way in which, if you align yourself with Trump, just kind of no going back from that. Yeah. Um. He explains himself, but still doesn't sound like, doesn't sound yeah. like a full kind of response and taking ownership of the platform that he has. Anyways, we digress. Mm-hmm. The Easy Hat is still fly as hell. And it's be, so cool be yeah crazy not to cop it
2: mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: but in a really interesting debate of like can you separate the artist from their actions
3: i mean that's been the ongoing debate for the past two weeks like, everyone has talked but about for
2: this. for life also like even yeah. when chris brown did his that whole thing with of course Vibri, like so many other things it's just very interesting
3: yeah um it is it is very interesting uh and maybe one day we'll have a conversation or uh find a podcast that that's that conversation. It's been happening for two weeks. So yeah. um,
2: The Kanye podcast.
3: Yeah. Maybe you've already made a decision. Maybe you're looking to us for inspiration. And to that I say, why?
2: And to that I say, <laughs> why, why would you ever why, listen why to us? Why would you do
3: that? Why would you do that? Um, Just kidding. Or you're very well versed. <laughs> um, thank you for that. Uh, and moving on to Heather's post. Uh, we teased earlier that um, someone needed a drug mule yeah. from, from Lisbon. And here's why. Heather says, traveler buns. Anyone go to Lisbon in May? I have an apartment you can stay at for free. Lots of ease on there. May 1st to 14th. The only condition is you have to bring a duffel bag back for me. And then in parentheses, it's not drugs. You can check it. Oh, you better believe I check it. Yeah. It's a long story, but basically she moved back. to, she moved to Lisbon um, and then came back to Toronto for a visit in March. And she's going to be staying a bit longer, but need some of her stuff mm-hmm. to come back. The deeds are the apartment is beautiful. It's in a random space of town. I've been to Lisbon. Um, would definitely go again. And she's like, Yo, I need I need I need these things. I
2: need I need I need okay. I need these things. And she
3: ends with saying Abrigada. Which means means thank you. But I uh, I think Abrigada is a feminine version and abrigado is the is a masculine version.
2: And oblongada, Okay.
1: Okay.
3: <laughs> is um, medulla
2: oblongata All right. You know, okay. water boy. No. Um.
3: So <laughs> if, if if you were if you were the if you were going to Lisbon, mm-hmm. you hop in Heather out. You bring him at this bag.
2: Um. Yeah. I'd obviously, okay, staying in Lisbon for free. So, from what I've heard, it's actually pretty reasonable to travel there, correct? Super cheap. Yeah. So, the fact that it's free is just, anything free is like, I obviously am going to consider it. And I would definitely give this bag the old one to look ski over. You know what I'm saying? I would maybe try on a few of her clothes that are in that bag
3: <laughs> i'll check uh, for drugs and make sure there's enough in there yeah. I'm, I'm coming back yeah i'm trying to get paid yeah um although i mean portugal does have a pretty lax uh, drug policy everything's mm-hmm. decriminalized over there so
2: i did not know that mm,
3: yo go portugal
1: interesting but in all in all
3: seriousness uh it'd be a pretty good deal if it yeah out for you. i mean short notice but hey
2: who knows who knows would you do it
3: um yeah probably. yeah yeah i mean don't get me wrong like i am I'm looking that bag over. Yeah. Tight. Yeah. Tight. Bringing a black light and everything. Yeah. Yeah. I'll even, I'm going to buy a drug sniffing dog. Yeah. Uh, you know. I it will buy
2: a dog and teach it how to drug sniff for years <laughs> and then.
3: Return. Hey, um, you stayed at my place like two years yeah. ago. And, <laughs> 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 You're still here. Paris, just, okay. Well, all right. Just trying to figure this all out. Uh, but a great story. I hope, I honestly hope someone can come back and help her out and.
2: Everything else. So that's all her business. But uh, we got another great post. Uh, Honestly, this is another thing about buns. The beautiful beauty of the captions here. This girl, she goes, listen up. I'm really happy I came out of the closet last year because I legit have no room left in it. And I'm taking these dresses out with me. (laughs) I've been trying to get rid of them for forever. And they don't fit. I don't fit in them anymore because I got tick so please take and she posts a bunch of photos of these dresses so this caption is obviously what does it and i just love how she can you know look at her like narrative and what you know some people say to be like a really like hard thing to do and look at it in this beautiful way and make uh jokes out and make people laugh i dig it i like it Mm. i like being able to do that it's great um
3: our next post comes from lily And she has a box of Adal Sassoon 6RC bold copper citrine. It's a really, really, really bright red.
2: You got into the details of that.
3: Yeah. And I think the reason (laughs) I'm getting into it is like, A, it'd be pretty hard color to to rock. To achieve. (laughs) Be crazy. Um, But I want to know if you are the type of person to dye your hair at home. Because... I mean, there's only two ways to do it really at home or at the salon. And the saloon. Obviously, the salon is hella more expensive, but the product is superior in virtually yeah. every single way. Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever used this? Have you ever used the, uh,
2: the home I hair have, dye kit? I have not used it even a little bit. Uh, we've dyed my mom's hair a million and four times. Is she
3: going to be okay Are you saying that on this?
2: i turned my mic off my accident sorry it's okay uh not your worst transgression on this podcast so
3: far so uh
2: oh my god i turned my mic off what a silly girl anyways back to my mother um so yeah she dyes her hair all not all the time but quite often she'll be like can you guys dye my hair tonight which is obviously fine and i'm willing to do it but i think moms specifically have a hard time spending money on themselves like just from my experience anyways like it's always like give to the child and I will come second which very selfless but I think there's a line where you know you have to give a little love to yourself you know and dyeing your hair like it's not good for you anyways so you'd rather do it professionally and have it look good and last long or last for longer and I feel like I'd rather invest my time and money into that it's going to be something that's bad for me anyways. Definitely. And what's
3: also hella misleading is the women on the cover of these boxes, mm-hmm. they did not get that hair color from that box. They got their oh, hair no color way. freshly <laughs> done in the studio with like hair and makeup people all around them to shoot oh, that yeah. photo. So I think that's kind of like hella misleading.
2: Slash photoshopped.
3: Oh <laughs> yeah. They could just tint the color differently. But mm-hmm. listen, whoever you dye your hair, get it. I hope it looks good. On you.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, shout out to Mama LDM. You know what I mean?
2: Hey, Mama Michelle.
3: Um, we're going to end off talking about the big event that's happening on May 20th. 27th. Oh, yes.
2: Yeah. May 27th from 11 to 6. This is, of course, the Buns Flee. At a new location. New location. New location. Uh, so,
3: what is the Buns Flea and where's this happening?
2: Basically, it's at the Rec Room. This is by uh, the Steam Whistle Roundhouse. <laughs> the Roundhouse. Um, that was a fun time when we went there, I remember? Time ago. Such a good time. Steven Such. Thank you. Um, Anyway, so it's there, uh, which is great because it's a much larger venue. There's going to be a lot more opportunity for fun things to go down. Basically, the vendors are already selected. It is a cash um, flea, but uh, you're encouraged to trade and bring trades. All the vendors are on the event, the Buns Flea number 7. And you can see all the things that they are ISOing on there. There's also going to be a live trading event. And I saw that now that they're adding food elements to this. So they're adding like uh, different like vendors that are selling food items. And last time, as there is every time, there's a tarot card reader that comes. Of and course. And I got my cards read last time and it was hella cool. And it's just going to be an all around fun time. I love the buns, fleas. I think there's such a great uh, community-building opportunity for people that love buns. Definitely.
3: Uh, so we're going to be there, uh, having a good time. So make sure you get yourself out there. Once again, May 27th, uh, from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. at the Roundhouse at the Rec Room. Down, down by uh, down by the Rogers Center. So come out, check out some really cool stuff. Hopefully, you get some cool trades and enjoy your time. Hey. Uh, that just about does it for us
2: tonight.
3: Day night. night.
2: It's the night
1: time. Yeah, it
3: does it for us now. Um, I'm (laughs) Warren. And I'm Laura. And we'll see you soon. Peace.
1: Too much shit in your apartment? Get rid of it today on the Buns app. Available in the App Store, Google Play Store, or online at buns.com.
0: Yeah, so like I said at the top of the show, the interview this week is with Cal, uh, host of the Supernatural Stories podcast. He has got some interesting stories to tell. And uh, I think it's pretty clear from the interview that uh, this isn't just for fun. He is an adamant skeptic, but also believer, question mark. Um, Fascinating discussion we had. And uh, I stress that you guys check out his show. Here's the interview with Cal. Thanks. Hey, Buns. Welcome to ISO The Buns Podcast. I'm here today with Cal. He is a host of a podcast all about uh, the Canadian supernatural. Is that
4: accurate? Yeah. Anything supernatural that happened to anyone Canadian.
0: Nice. Okay. And the podcast is called Supernatural Stories. Why Mm -hmm. don't you
4: tell me a little bit about the show and uh, what you guys do? So it's just me. It's a one man show um i came up with this idea of doing a show that was all other people's stories of experiences that they have that they thought were supernatural and it's the kind of thing where it 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 might be a story that you've told one friend and then you haven't told to anyone for years and years and years because when does it ever come up right and i was finding that people lots of people had these stories when i was talking to friends about the idea for this show they're like oh well that reminds me of the one time this happened or, oh, my friends saw a UFO or all this stuff. So I started recording and I started getting people from the internet wanting to just uh, submit their stories. Awesome. Well, we'll get into the podcast uh, in a second for sure. But uh, let's
0: just talk about you for a bit in the beginning. Uh, where did you grow up? Grew up in Toronto. You
4: grew up in Toronto and uh, born and raised, I guess. Like, yep. did, you ever, did you ever leave? I left for a little stints I lived yeah. in Ottawa for a short period of time and I lived in Japan for a uh, little bit and uh, at what point uh, in that
0: journey did you kind of get interested in the in the supernatural did you have a, an experience yourself, yeah or? it
4: was pretty late in that um relatively late in that journey but I did have one experience that led to many many experiences uh, I was a skeptic yeah I'm someone who um, studied physics and knows about science generally speaking and was always had an interest in ufos from that angle because of isaac asimov and and reading about that sure but was pretty skeptical about a lot of people's stories which are impossible sounding they don't make any sense and then i had one and it didn't make any sense just impossible there's no way that You can look at it um, in the context of any physics that make any sense in terms of how an aircraft would move. And that's what got me into the paranormal was if that's possible, then what else is possible?
0: Well, you got to you got to tell us the story now.
4: All right. So there's 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 a couple stories. Yeah. The one that I tell. We
0: got we got a guest on the show, which is my dog. Yeah. Anyone who listens to any of uh, the other podcasts that I do, that isn't uh, the Buns podcast, because we don't normally record out of my house, is familiar with the sound of my dog dragging uh, a bone across the floor. But uh, I think this is her first appearance on the on the Buns show. But yeah, okay. So you were saying so you're yeah, telling me so about your first. The, the one that
4: I tell is in the episode I did on UFOs. Yeah. I was up at uh, my family cottage, which is on a very secluded lake in the Coarthas and we're on the most kind of remote part of the lake where there are only about five cottages within you know a couple square kilometers right the road in in is like a four kilometer long road just to the cottage so you're really really isolated and we were up in the springtime late spring and people really only go up during the peak of summer after the buggy season so you're totally alone except for one or or maybe two people in a huge area right we were out on the balcony and we saw, you know, a star that was very bright, and I just thought it was a planet mm-hmm. or a satellite, but it didn't move its position actually at all like planets or stars do. So over about an hour, I noticed it hadn't moved at all, and then we were trying to guess maybe it's a helicopter. It, it's not like an aircraft can just hover like an airplane can hover. Right. But there are helicopters, you know, out in that area, so, you know, fair enough. Sure. And then while we were looking at it, it suddenly jumped and it was just instantly much larger, much closer. Yeah. So suddenly you could kind of see that it was just about maybe a kilometer or two away at the most. Mm-hmm. And it stayed there for a little bit and then it jumped again closer. And then it was like less than a kilometer away and it was just a ball of light. It was very, 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 very bright. And... It looked like. Have you ever seen what ball lightning looks like? Yeah. It looked like ball lightning. Okay. And it moved like an uh, insect moves. Right. Like a, a, how a fly seems to kind of instantly zigzag around. Right. And then Move, like stop and then go. Stop. Go. And, go. Yeah. and you know if you speed if you saw it down with a high high speed camera you can see that it is moving in a way that makes sense. But to us, it just, you know, it's too fast to see. It was too fast to see, it was moving too fast to see. Right. And then it split into three separate lights that were different colors that changed colors and formed back into one, split apart, formed back into one, did it like three times. And um, then I started noticing this feeling in my head mm-hmm. that felt like being in an MRI machine. I've had a couple of MRIs. Yeah. And it's very loud in the MRI machine, but it's loud inside of your head. Okay. That makes sense.
0: Yeah. I mean, I've had one before. Right. I I know, I know kind of what you're talking about. You know what I'm talking
4: about? Where it's just like sometimes I think they give you earplugs so that you don't hear, but even with the earplugs, you still hear it. It's like a kind
1: of sound. Yeah. That's pretty accurate.
4: Low frequency sound. I started having that in my head, and I immediately jumped to, oh, they're using some kind of a scoping device, like a. Like they're looking at our magnetic frequencies or whatever. And um, I was with my girlfriend at the time and I asked her, are you feeling something in your head? And she's like, yeah, what is that? I really don't like this, let's go inside. I, I don't wanna be out here any longer. Yeah. So we went inside and she hid underneath the blanket. Yeah. And then a small orb of light that was like, you know, no bigger than a water bottle came in through one wall and slowly moved through another wall, and it was gone. Well, yeah, and that in particular, yeah. The rest of it, I mean, whatever. There's a, there's UFOs and there's ships and there's something un, unidentified happening there. But it was definitely interacting with us. Yeah, they knew we were there, and it just like came in to say hello, you know. Whatever. Right,
0: and so that was the beginning of your sort of journey into the supernatural. Mm-hmm. And did you find? I mean, I'm kind of curious about this because I, I. I don't have a lot of experience with, uh, supernatural things, but I find that, uh, um, the community around it is, you know, once you've been through something, you're, you're apt to find other people very quickly. who. I, I wouldn't say thing. so
4: actually. Um, so I went to different websites mm-hmm. that were based around UFOs and around paranormal experiences. And there's no um, parameters over who can post on these websites, right? And even who mods on the websites, and some of the mods are kind of diehard skeptics. Oh, okay. And it's hard when a mod discredits your posts, right? Because you know they're going to see all of your posts, sure. And there's no arguing with them really because they're they're a mod. Right. I had that happen to me countless times on websites. All I posted was I posted exact descriptions of the different UFO sightings I had of that one in particular. Mm-hmm. And you'll just get a lot of people saying that's not possible. Right. Um, so delusional, it's a hallucination, et cetera, et cetera.
0: After something like that happens, I imagine you end up doing a lot of research into the whole experience.
4: Like, you, yeah, the UFO, yeah. Right.
0: So do, did you, um, like, did it lead anywhere for you?
4: Yeah. Um, it pretty quickly actually led. There's... Have you seen the film Close Encounters of the Third Kind? Yeah, of course. There's a scientist character in the film who's based on a real guy whose name is Jacques Vallée. Okay. And he wrote a lot of books on UFOs, and one in particular was, I think, called Pathway to Magonia. Something like that has Magonia in it. And it's it's a funny-sounding title. Mm -hmm. He looked back at the folklore of goblins and fairies and little people and what have you from the medieval time periods, but especially fairies. And he just showed how story after story, a fairy really sounds a lot like a UFO or like a little gray person or whatever you want to call them. Because in fairy stories, people are often abducted. They disappear for a length of time. In some cases they might disappear for a year and then come back and no time passed. So they went to fairy. Yeah, exactly. There's all these folk, stories about people little children being abducted by the fairies mm-hmm. and then they might return ten years later But haven't aged a day, right? Because it's this idea of lost time fairy time and with UFOs That's a very common thing with the documented abduction cases that have happened Which there's very few yeah that were researched sometimes people either lose a period of time They can't remember what happened for a period of time or are, are just missing for a period of time and have no recollection of the time they were missing.
0: Right, right. And I imagine a lot of the stories, I mean, there's definitely similarities amongst people's experiences, but like...
4: It's more than that. Like, for instance, circles. Fairies make circles. Um, That's the idea. There's these circles of trampled grass because the fairies have been dancing in a circle doing their magic, whatever. And then you have... Obviously, crop circles are just a man-made thing. Mm -hmm. But the point is you have crop circles associated with ufos the same as you have fairy circles associated with fairies right and so within the com within the um the mentality the kind of modern folklore yeah they've kind of replaced fairies
0: right that makes sense yeah a little bit more scientific based i suppose mm-hmm. for our um more uh I don't know, rational scientific selves in the 21st century or but, whatever. But
4: but that's the problem. It it challenges all of that. Right. It really challenges that. Well, so
0: that's my question. Is that like, I imagine that a, there's a similarities amongst, you know, the stories that these people, that, you know, yourself and other people tell, but there's also vast differences, I'm sure. Yeah.
4: Um. Yeah. Even when some, even when you have a group of maybe, let's say 50 people see right. one UFO, but there's vast discrepancies in their description of what happened.
0: So is it possible to vet these
4: stories in any way? I mean, that's the problem. Yeah. What happens is you have groups. The US government takes it extremely seriously. It's a real thing. The, 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 there's people ask, are UFOs real? Yes, there's there's really no doubt anyone has who has any information that they're real because they're a national security threat. Right. And other countries face the problem, too. And they research it. Canada did extensive research into it. We still don't know what they are, mm-hmm. or at least officially we don't know what they are. But the point is, when they do that, when they do that research, they rule out ninety-six percent of of the sightings as just mistakes. It's sure. very easy for people to make mistakes and think they saw something, and it's easy to look at the logbooks. Was there a hot air balloon? Was there a helicopter? Was there an airplane? That explains ninety-six percent of cases. And then of those cases, e- even those can largely be explained in some way or have some possible explanation like let's say maybe one percent are totally bonkers they make no sense and those are the ones where ufos come down people get out of the craft talk to people right it makes no sense there's no logical way to explain the aliens speaking english and all this nonsense right and what happens is the fbi cia or whatever agencies investigating will, will kind of stamp that one this one's just junk and put that in that drawer What happened, Jacques Vallée went along and opened up that drawer and looked at all the cases and looked into it more. And he found that even some of these ridiculous ones were credible people giving the testimony. People high up within the military giving testimony about stuff that made no sense.
5: Yeah.
4: And so it begs the question of what's happening. And he didn't come to any conclusion, but it just asked more and more questions. Like, for instance, is this a phenomenon that, that is somehow in our brains? Right. You know all, all that we see is all generated in our brains yeah, yeah and there's no such thing as like a group hallucination but what if there's a phenomena which somehow we all perceive differently and we all filter differently yeah and we see a different thing or what if it's even directly hypnotically influencing us or just somehow yeah yeah you know There's no, there's, but even that said, some of them are recorded on film. And so it's a weird mix of different phenomena that can be present.
0: Sure. Yeah. So do you think there is, uh, in some of these cases, like a psychological angle to it? I mean, I see, it seemed like you were alluding to that.
4: Uh, many people have suggested that a lot of phenomena are the result of a person having some psychic phenomena and causing you know, causing an appearance. Right. I don't personally think that that is a... There's no blanket explanation. Yeah. Um, it happens more often than you'd think. Mm-hmm. And there's different things happening. And there may very well be different things. Like, for instance, there are, there are secret uh, airplanes that are being tested. Sure. And some of them are that. Yeah. You know, some of them are obviously that. And there are people who have delusions. And some of them are that. But when you look at the ones that are from people like pilots who who track it and and give the data and then they're seen on the radar and everything like that right yeah so there's just
0: some that that can't be explained that that you know based on all the evidence the person who's telling the story is credible um and the situation lends itself to be believable but it's just unexplained phenomenon essentially
4: and what i'm trying to emphasize is some of these phenomena are so weird and so bizarre like for instance a thing going through a wall yeah But even weirder than that, people will describe, over time, UFO sightings have changed. So it used to all be flying saucers, and sometimes cosmonauts with space helmets would get out of them. Right. it's, It's something from a science fiction movie. And over time, what happens has changed. It's as though whatever this phenomenon is, is influenced by our perception of it, wants us to perceive it in a certain way.
0: Yeah. So the stories that you tell on your podcast, are they, or that are told on the podcast, I should Mm -hmm. say,
4: are they mostly, uh, UFO based or no UFOs are rare. Um, in the grand scheme of things, UFOs are pretty rare. I've talked to maybe a dozen people who have seen UFOs and I've only done one UFO episode. There's more coming out. I can tell you about some of some of the UFO stories and some of the ones that are coming out, but it's actually mostly ghost stories. Right. And like really, really impossible ghost stories, ones that don't really have an explanation at all. Mm-hmm. And is that
0: anything that you've experienced or is it just, uh, you know, part of the, this whole world?
4: Yes and no. I, I've experienced uh, phenomena that um, you would associate with ghosts. I've never seen a ghost yeah. as far as I can uh, be sure. I've never seen anything. I've never been touched and shoved. I've heard never heard a ghost. But I've had things, um, get taken from me and brought back in ways that are just, you know, laughable and, uh, you know, just humorous Mm -hmm. and impossible. Yeah. Recently I've had this necklace, um, this necklace, uh, the chain broke and, um, I fixed it, but it broke again kept breaking. So I kept the, these in my pocket. And uh, I was going to fix it. When I got home, I looked in my pocket and it was gone. And I couldn't believe it because I'd only taken about three or four steps from the doorway into my house. Yeah. So I went, I checked the doorway and I checked my car and I checked it over and over and over again for two hours because it's gold and I needed to get it back. My mom... Told me never lose this necklace when she gave it to me. Right, right. Um, and there's
0: some religious significance there right? too. Yeah. There's
4: some religious significance. It's old, and I couldn't get it back. I couldn't find it. And I, after hours of looking, I gave up. Mm-hmm. And I came up with this plan where I would go online and I would try and find the same thing. Right. And order it. Yeah, so, yeah. So I found something that's like a knockoff. Looks kind of close. I ordered that, and. I was hoping that I would just, you know, put it on and my mom wouldn't notice the difference. A couple months went by and I was going to go have dinner with my mom and I went for a little walk and two minute long walk, checked my mail. I came back and in my door on the doorstep right in the middle was the necklace.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. And obviously you had checked it like a hundred times prior
4: and Yo, I, ch- not only had I checked it a hundred times prior and time had passed and this was right in the middle of the doorstep, yeah. um, i had seen it two minutes before it wasn't there. Right. Yeah.
0: So is, is that a common occurrence then? the that, that, cause I don't, I honestly don't know much about, uh, the whole, you know, supernatural world. Is it common for ghosts to take things from people and then mm-hmm. return them later on?
4: Yeah. Extremely common. Um, and also just to give people things as well. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about the people
0: that, or where you get your stories from. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you find these people, and and uh, how willing are they to share their stories?
4: So it's a real mixture of people. I started posting in groups on Facebook. I posted in Bond's Friending Zone and Helping Zone, yeah. and from there, people also suggested other groups. Like, I found a group that is just in winnipeg and from the winnipeg group i found a small town called selkirk near winnipeg and Mm -hmm. so i keep finding different places to share it from and people will share it with their friends and so there's a little bit of a word of mouth right and people will just contact me now through facebook that's how a lot of it is i also do posters that i put up around toronto and i've got some people putting them up around in other cities
0: oh nice so you got like a little team helping you out
4: little team well uh you know what there's like you said, there is somewhat of a community. Yeah, but it's it's not as supportive as you'd think. But maybe these are people who will um, be a bit more passionate and, and and be willing to lend a bit extra support. Yeah, you know? well,
0: I imagine that there must be a little bit of catharsis for people. Yeah. who have who have been through an experience, hearing somebody else's story, and then thinking, okay, like maybe I'm safe to tell my story because you know I was afraid that people think would think I was crazy or something
4: absolutely i had told my ufo story to my mother yeah but my brothers had been absolutely um they'd shot me down and they'd said you know whatever we'll never believe anything you tell us about anything basically (laughs) right yeah and when i told my mom about the show she told a story that had only recently happened to my brother that I'd never heard about and that he had basically he had never told me because I think he's afraid to tell me. Right. Um, but she told, she was willing to tell the story. And from there, it really opened up the discussion in our family. And I started hearing about more of these things. And before then it, it was awkward to try and talk about it.
0: So you, you were able to, after the story was out, talk to your brother about it and that he was more open
4: now. They're yeah. Now they're they're starting to open up more to talking about it. But like my dad started talking about mm-hmm. uh, stuff as well, and my mom really opened up with with a lot of stories. So we connected about that. And I think that a lot of people also are skeptics who want to listen to this stuff anyways, right? And not to debunk it or whatever, but because. Maybe maybe they are going to try and and think of some kind of scientific explanation for all this. And that's, sure. that's a part of the whole discussion.
0: I mean, I think it's kind of, uh, not not to belittle it in any way, but I think it's kind of like a magic trick. There are people who, who watch uh, magic tricks and think, wow, this is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And there are people who watch them and are like, I want to figure out how this yep. is done. And I think that... For the skeptics that you mentioned, there's probably two camps, right? There's a camp that's like, okay, I'm going to listen to this and try and figure out what it actually could have been. Mm-hmm. And there's just some people who are just going to take it at face value as just a story.
4: Yep. And I lie somewhere in between those two. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So, but you must, you must sympathize with the the skeptics. Anyone who hears your story and says, ah, mm-hmm. that's, that's nonsense. Like you must, because you said you yourself were a skeptic, in, Total skeptic. until you had an experience. So, like how other than experiencing it yourself, do you think
4: there's a possible way
0: to change people's minds or is that even the goal?
4: Yeah, I, I honestly think that on some topics, if you do look into the scientific research, mm-hmm. you'll start to open your mind to it. So there has been research on psychic phenomena. There has been research on UFOs, but especially on psychic phenomena, you can yeah. look into that part of the problem with that is that the CIA became involved. And um, if anything's funded by Congress, if anything's funded by the government, they have to show results. And right. I think $25 million into their, their funding for the project, they decided to, I'm going to do air brackets here, shut the project. Yeah. So for decades, they researched psychics, and they used psychics um, to obtain information, yeah. to, to see into the Soviet Union and stuff like that. And... It's possible that they continue doing that with other sources of funding because they're the CIA; they have right. other sources of funding. But you can look into the the research they did at Stanford Research Institute. There's some videos on uh, YouTube. You can look up Russell Targ talking about it. That might start to pique your curiosity. That well, if these scientists who are like honestly a lot smarter than us, I've right. looked into this. But you can, you can, you can learn about it as well. Culturally, You can look at the different cultures in the world and you can see what's happening in their religions and in their folklore and in their culture that's kind of common, that's shared. Right. And, I mean, really shared with all the cultures around the world. Really, the natives in Canada, um, in European culture, in South American culture, in the Australian Aborigine, they all talk about spirits, they all talk about little people generally, and they all talk about... Um, shape-shifting abilities, animals and humans that can turn into each other. All these things are a part of the culture all around the world. Right, And we wonder why. why, And people will come up with different um, psychological explanations of, of why these are part of the culture, or why we want to believe in UFOs, or why we want to believe in ghosts. Right. I feel like there's a little bit of cultural arrogance that we have in Canada um, where we feel like because we live in a very advanced society where things function well businesses work well and, and people are very nice to each other that we kind of must know all there is to know and that anything that isn't like us is more primitive than us sure and that especially applies with native canadians where where you know we tried to say that anything was superstition and any kind of spiritual belief was paganism and etc mm-hmm. but you know because we're in canada i'm able to talk to a lot of different First Nations people. And belief in these things is much, much more common there than it would be in, uh, you know, our English-speaking Toronto.
0: Right. Well, I mean, I think a lot of it has to do with our need to to rationalize things. I mean, Mm -hmm. uh, we have so much to deal with that, like, anything that doesn't make sense is probably scary and you don't want to deal with scary things. So it's easier to say, Oh, it's, you know, it's gotta be this or it's gotta be that as opposed to like letting it be unknown or, you know, frightening or, or whatever. Well, yeah. Our maps
4: used to have uh, sea dragons and monsters and stuff. Right. And, And now we know better the Loch Ness monster isn't real and we know there's not these, these sea monsters except for, you know, the real ones. Yeah. And we think, okay, well, we've discovered what there is to discover. We've gotten rid of those monsters from the past. But that's right. just not true at all.
0: Right. They, I mean, they, there's they a, take probably different forms. a lot more of a universe out there than we're than we than we're able to really map right now. But so to go back to aliens for a second, and mm-hmm. because I'm... I don't
4: call them aliens, though. I never oh. call them aliens. Only UFO, UFO phenomena. Okay. Because I've never seen an alien, and I don't discredit the people who who, who have. But it could be anything, really. Okay. Yeah.
0: Well, oh, so, so I guess then to go back to UFOs, I am a big fan of a cross section of things that's seemingly unrelated, but it all mm-hmm. come back to it. So mm-hmm. I love Reddit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love pop punk, and I think you know where I'm going with this, right? Mm-hmm. I love, I loved when I was younger, uh, Blink One Eighty Two, and apparently Tom DeLonge is <laughs> like a. Uh, champion of the uh, extraterrestrial and uh ufo sort of side of things right yeah god how did that happen you know is that is and is that credible like is he a sort of a credible i was
4: hearing about that for for a couple of years and wondering what the hell was going on because my friend was also into aliens and all or, you know ufos and stuff also into blink 22 tom DeLonge, yeah you know and because um, like air and airwaves and everything yeah.
0: I've heard, like, I've, I've read stories on Reddit that he's he is working with
4: scientists and... Here's here's what I can say. there, Everyone is prone to the same errors. Right. Just because you're very intelligent or very rich doesn't mean you're not still prone to the same errors. And even in the case of people within the UFO community, like I said, the CIA investigated um, paranormal phenomena. That doesn't mean it's true. That doesn't give it credibility. Many people within the CIA are nutbars, you know? Right. And... Um, there are people who uh, discredit it because you, you have people saying outrageous things about, you know, all these different races of aliens visiting us and, and everything like that. Sure. And what I'd say is people repeat third hand information. Yeah. And they want to believe. Right. And a certain audience, a core audience, will believe that and yeah. they'll be able to make money off of those people.
0: But do, don't you think that? Uh, it's somewhat important for there to be a sort of notable champion of the cause to no, I find that bring all t- bring attention to it
4: no I find that well Jacques Vallée is yeah. is the real deal he if you if you read his books or you watch his interviews you'll you can tell right away that he's a very serious scientist it's mm-hmm. a real deal there are other people and he never he he never repeats hand information as fact right. He's always saying this is just something that someone reported and we can analyze it from all the different perspectives, psychological, everything, not just paranormal. Mm -hmm. There are people who just take things at face value or because it's convenient for them, repeat them. And I don't, you know, there's this whole disclosure community where they do conferences and things like that. Yeah. And a core part of their material, if you really read into it, the, the material that they advertise to the newspapers and to the press and stuff is kind of sanitized. And is, there's lots of legit things, but a core part of their followers believe in all these underground bases that are built around the world that, sure. are, that are run by aliens and the government's run by aliens. And yeah. really far out stuff with no evidence whatsoever. And if you look at wherever the claim came from, it's some guy who claimed it and the guy's a fraud. You right, know, right. So there's someone who calls themselves a doctor who's just a fraud. Yeah. And it bugs me. They're, they They do attract an audience, but I don't know that anything really is helped by that at all other yeah. than they make a lot of money so
0: how do you i mean i, I kind of asked this earlier but mm. i think it's even more important now like how do you other than i mean you have to use your own judgment i suppose but like mm. how do you decide or know what what's credible and what isn't credible because uh, the the whole uh, a lot of what it's surrounding is just incredible to mm-hmm. begin with and yeah no not incredible but you know what i mean it's like yeah fant- no, that word, that word
4: applies there's some incredible stuff and there's some things that sound believable you know like for instance a story about a book dropping out of nowhere and falling on the ground right and uh there's nowhere it could have fallen from Right. There's nothing that mind bending about that. You know, you can kind of understand that something could have happened there. And there's a paranormal explanation. Yeah. But when you get into some of the very far out UFO conspiracy kind of things with the government or um, into, I mean, obviously some of the the Bigfoot hunters, Mm -hmm. not that Bigfoot is not real or anything, but some of the people who spend their lives, their careers in the woods trying to look for Bigfoot and then just making up or believing they, they saw them. Right. You can get into a lot of BS and, um, with some people I can just tell that what they're saying is not possible yeah. and, and that they're not saying it with enough concern in their voice that they're, that they're really taking into account that what they're saying is so ridiculous. You know, they're saying it when most people tell me their story, they don't know right away that I'm going to believe them. Right. So, you know they're trying to convince me, and there's a lot of emotion that's generally involved with a lot of these stories because sure. a lot of them may be someone who's died, and they're relating an experience that happened after that or whatever.
0: Yeah. And I think a big part of it for them telling the story is that they want
4: someone to say, "I believe you." Mm-hmm. And genuinely, that's what happens because if there's enough emotion behind someone's voice and if they're not gaining anything by telling this story, there's no monetary compensation for being on the show at all. Yeah, There's no reason to make. And sometimes I've had stories where they were submitted to me in writing and I read it and I said, this is going to be the one that's going to be fake and I'm going to catch them. They're right. not real. It's no way this could happen. This is something that they pulled from a horror film. So I'm going to catch them. And I called them and I tried to call them on it. And they got that I was trying to get to the bottom of the truth and they laughed it off. They were fine with that and I asked question after question after question. I edited it out after but they had answers for every question that I had that I'd written down beforehand. Right. And unless they spent you know, like literally a couple hours sitting down and mapping out all the possible things I was going to ask them about this. They're really good at, at lying. Yeah. And I just I don't believe they could, they could have been lying or making it up. Right. right it right. was just, it was, it was pushing at that point. It was a story about being trapped in a bathroom and the door being unable to open. Yeah. And it only being this one person and everyone else having no problem with the door and only them being trapped in this bathroom. Yeah. And since hearing that story, I've heard the same thing. Yeah. A door where it just refuses to open, but only for the one person.
0: It's so, And that's more likely a, a ghost type scenario or something along those lines?
4: Different people have different explanations. Okay. I don't really explain. On the show, sometimes people will start to explain what they think happened right i actually usually edit it out oh so that's not your aim not my aim i want them to tell their story all the details of their story and their emotions around it and you know what what feelings did it generate and what changed in their life and everything yeah but if if they're and sometimes you know what if someone just died and they know who it there's a message, a meeting behind it and yeah. they can connect that with a person who just died. That obviously is a very good explanation of what happened. Right. But if they're just pulling out a random explanation, I usually edit it out yeah. because, um, I don't want people listening to it to really, um, have the truth kind of, um, digested for them. Right. It's kind of up to you to kind of
0: try and figure it out for yourself. Yeah. Well, okay. So that, I mean, that brings up something interesting do you ever uh, interview somebody for the purposes of the show and then think to yourself
4: like, Oh, I can't use this. This isn't. Yeah. So, and is that common? It is uncommon. I've done over like 50 interviews and I've had that happen, I think three times.
0: Oh, wow. Okay.
4: Yeah. It's very uncommon.
0: I don't, I don't have any, I wish I had a ghost story, not ghost story, excuse me. I wish I had a supernatural story of some sort Mm -hmm. to be able to relay. I don't, but I do have one from my mother. She's constantly, to this day, finding pennies around her
4: house. Yep. And they're like, obviously now out of circulation and she's no idea where they're coming from. This is a common thing. I only learned about this once I started doing the show, Uh, the coins appearing thing. I had it happen to me once and I thought it was an isolated thing. Yeah. It's not, it's uh, maybe there's a message that's trying to be communicated. I don't know. Yeah.
0: She's, she swears up and down that, I mean, she's not even a a big believer in supernatural things, but she swears up and down that it's some sort of ghost or something because she's constantly like in her drawers, her clothing, just pennies. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, we don't even use pennies anymore. So that's, that's as close as I come. Although my girlfriend upstairs has a a pretty intriguing uh, story that she believes to be a ghost story uh, as well, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't pretend to uh, be able to tell it. Uh, okay, so can, where do people check out the show? Let's plug some some Let's websites. Plug the yeah. show.
4: So there's the main site is www.supernaturalstories.ca, and it just takes you to the Facebook page, which has some links on it. Okay, and it's on iTunes and Google Play and SoundCloud. You can go to SoundCloud.com/supernaturalstories. All right, so if you guys. Uh,
0: and oh wait, if they have stories to tell, where do they submit? Said yeah, stories? the
4: Facebook page. So once again, supernaturalstories.ca. It'll take you to facebook.com/supernaturalpodcast, and it, there's a you can send a message right there. And how many episodes do you have currently? Sixth episode just came out, and they're releasing every two weeks. Nice. I've got another.
0: You probably have so many in the barrel if you've got all those interviews.
4: Yeah, I've got I've got more in the barrel. My goal is to kind of make it to twenty episodes this year. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Nice. Twenty episodes, and then you're like, so you're gonna try and do it like season, season by season.
4: Well, I'll have to take a you know a little bit of break around the the holiday time or whatever. Yeah. So I guess it'll end up working out like that. But Here. I'm gonna keep making them over the summer because I've I've got uh, some great ones. I've got one that's gonna come out that is a two part or all one one person telling. Oh life, Lifetime of stories. Really? S- starting out from young age, uh, growing up in Arizona. Yeah. And then um immigrating to Canada living in Toronto and just decades of stories. Yeah. Well do you
0: find that certain people are are attracted to phenomena?
4: Yeah. A- an episode um for Cheryl and uh Jose, that it's the episode is just devoted to their stories and there's many more, actually, uh, stories from both of them mm-hmm. in the other episodes and, and, and coming out. Cheryl's um, daughter committed suicide, then her husband died, and then her other daughter committed suicide Whoa. on a you know limited period. And, yeah, she had some pretty intense stories. Mm-hmm. Like she had um, one story, her uh, husband's dog was asking for her to feed the dog. And she was very depressed. She was just like lying around in bed. And then all of a sudden from the kitchen, she heard the sound of the blender really loud on. So she went there and it was turned on full on 10. She turned it off and she looked and it wasn't plugged in. Whoa. Yeah.
0: Crazy. Yeah, man. uh, I got to get into this show a bit more because, uh, yeah, I'm, I mean, I don't know. I'm not quite as, I mean, I'm sort of a skeptic, but I'm not like an adamant skeptic where I'm like Mm -hmm. this, like, no, I I don't, I refuse to believe it or I just, I just want to hear the stories. I want to be convinced, Mm -hmm. you know, I think that's, that's my sort of stance on it is like, I don't know what I believe, but I really want something to happen where I'm just like, yes. I believe it.
4: There are ways that everyone is psychic that we don't realize. You know, we don't really, unless you get really, really into being aware of your perception, we don't really realize the full kind of limits of what we're aware of. Mm -hmm. And anyone can, if they had the time to do it, do some psychic training things. So like there's apps you can even get on your phone. Russell Targ has this app, the psychic training app. Another person I wanted to mention is Rupert Sheldrake. He's a uh, scientist who has done some stuff that's considered to be pseudoscience that is really fascinating and mind-bending and, and links into the paranormal. And he was involved in research like, can you tell if you're being stared at and things like that. And, oh, that's an interesting one. Well, yeah, every, a lot of people have had that experience of feeling someone staring at them from behind and then turning around and, and seeing and kind of you know, wondering what that is. Yeah and so there's there's things like that there's ways that you can kind of expand your perception and and start to to see ways that you are psychic because everyone is a little is is at least a little bit kind of psychic Mm -hmm. or or in some way able to sense more than they're aware of probably
0: so are there some psychic stories on the on the show
4: yeah i'm working on an episode right now that's um on esp and in a certain sense, yeah, there have been stories about uh, predicting the future, predicting deaths. Right. Uh, in one story coming up, I talked to someone who's a hospital security guard. Her name's Carol. And she's had all these, uh, she's had a ton of, of things happen to her. And one of them was, she just had this kind of like weird feeling one night, She she was going to go home from a night out at a bar, and she decided to stay later, and she just had this kind of feeling that she couldn't put away that something and then she saw someone who had been shot and she ended up saving their life their life well yeah and not only that but the way that she treated him she had kept him in an upright position kind of against her training Mm -hmm. also just on a feeling and she found out after that the way that the bullet was in the body that that was actually better that that had probably been necessary to keep him alive crazy yeah
0: like, so it's like an, an extra sense of it's more than intuition. sometimes.
4: some, you know, I don't even I don't know if I want to say this one, but um, I'll get um, the, the technical term is presentiment, just a feeling yeah. about something bad is going to happen. Yeah. And um, sometimes it'll be more specific. Like um, I was driving recently and all of a sudden I just in my head said my cousin's going to be interviewed by the news. And then um, I spoke to my parents and they said, did you see the interview with your cousin in the news in the Star? Yeah, yeah, yeah. you never know. Of course, people will say everything is confirmation bias where you you only remember the things that you feel are significant and you forget all the times that you thought something was going to happen. It wasn't right. But yeah, I've started keeping a diary of these things because uh, it's not really confirmation bias when it happens like 100% of the time.
0: Right, right, right. Yeah. Well, I think it's interesting. And I think that if people want to want to know more or have stories to tell, they should check out the website and uh, definitely listen to the show because I feel like there's a lot of interesting stuff going on there. Mm-hmm. Tell your there, friends. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Share the podcast with yeah. everyone, you know, and I would uh, urge you to do that with all of our podcasts as well. Yeah, for sure. But uh, is there anything else that you wanted to get across to the people before, uh, before we uh, let you go?
4: Um, hmm. Yeah, if I could just, you know, on behalf of, uh, you know, the the city of Toronto and every... or I just want to thank everyone for the reception that I've I've gotten. You know, Toronto is a pretty welcoming place. Mm -hmm. You'd think that there would have been a lot of negativity towards this. And there hasn't been, Canada-wide, there's been a, a response to this. But, you know, when I'm putting up posters and everything, when I'm interacting with people, they're excited, even if they're not at all aware of the supernatural or believing it just the idea of it has really uh been appealing to people so i just want to thank people for yeah Yeah, supporting supporting a kind of a weird out there yeah thing and uh and uh being extreme like online i've posted Mm -hmm. a lot about this yeah and had a lot of response and just basically no negative response two people in the last couple months have said anything negative really
0: yeah Yeah. that's that's great i mean i think that people should be should definitely be supportive, especially of things that uh, you know people are very uh, adamant about and and can't really be explained. You just kind of uh, approaching things like that with negativity isn't going to help at all. Yeah, at all.
4: to to them, I would say, especially episode four with with Cheryl. And um, if you think that woman is a liar, I don't know what to say.
0: Yeah. You know, so listen, you heard it here first, guys. Listen to that episode. Episode four is the one. All right. Well, thanks for sitting and chatting with me. I hope Cheers. that the rest of the show goes well, and I hope that uh, you eventually find some answers for us. And if you do, you got to let me know, man, because I. Uh,
4: I'm I'm comfortable with there never being an an answer and the, just keeping the search going. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I just keep keep
0: the good stories uh, rolling. Yeah. Thanks, man. Cheers.